Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and welcome, welcome to my podcast. Today is uh, Friday's podcast, and I am so glad you are here with us today. Hey, if you did not have a chance to listen to Tuesday's podcast, I want you to go back and spend some time with that. Uh, Lately, I have been reaching out more and trying to just expand my relationships in the podcast sphere, as it were, with other podcasters and meeting people along the way. So about a month ago, I had the opportunity of meeting Justin B. from RICO12, so you can find that R-E-C-O. 12, the number 12.com. And Justin and I chatted uh, on Tuesday's podcast, and you can find it there. And I think you'll enjoy the conversation with Justin as he's sharing his experience, strength, and hope. And also, if you're someone with more than a year of any recovery out there, so whether it's OA, AA, GA, SA, NA, EA, AA, you name it, reach out to Justin through his website and ask him to get you on schedule or chat with him regarding you appearing as a guest on his Friday podcast. It is a live podcast that's also streamed uh, as, um, as a recorded podcast as well. Uh, so, You may or may not know that I've celebrated 35 years of personal recovery, April 25th. Uh, I came into the program in February 9th of 1986, relapsed after 71 days, was fortunate enough to find the rooms again five days later, which was April 25th of 1986. And by the grace of God and the fellowship and the program as illustrated in the first 164 pages, I have been clean and sober ever since. Not only that, the the addiction and the compulsion to gambling uh, has gone away. My desire or need to compulsively overeat has left. I no longer throw up, so the bulimia has has gone away as well. And I'm no longer addicted to pornography. So, so what, I, what I'm saying by that is when we apply a plan of recovery, and I'll discuss that a little bit more in this podcast called I Am Responsible, when we apply that fully in areas of our life, heck, I, I became a non-smoker uh, November 17th of 1993, which I was smoking two packs a day at the time. When we apply recovery principles, we seem to get well in many other areas other than our primary addiction. 
so as an example, again, I came in with so many different compulsions and addictions, and some were psychological, some were biochemical, uh, but they were there, right? I qualified for every 12-step program out there. Like I share with people, I came to Gamblers Anonymous before I ever came to Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, when I realized that didn't work, so, you know, as I would say, I, I blamed everything and everyone, especially Gamblers Anonymous, because God forbid I would take responsibility. Again, hence the title of today's podcast, I Am Responsible. So I, I share that so much because I was going to so many different 12-step programs, but I found for me that the root cause of everything else was my alcoholism, right? So as a chronic alcoholic, I needed drugs, and drugs weren't enough to allow me to escape, so I started adding food, added pornography, the gambling out of got out of control because, as many of you know in my story, I, I lived in Las Vegas for a number of years from 1980 to 1987. And not that I wouldn't have been a compulsive gambler anywhere else, but Las Vegas was kind of a, you know, an easy way for me to, to go that route. So I found as I worked the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and understood that every other 12-step program that I would attend had foundationally the same principles, the steps, the the psychological, the spiritual approach to wellness. I just learned after a time to stay in AA, although I visited other 12-step programs, especially OA, because I found myself still throwing up three times a day on most days, uh, even though I was a year and a half into my personal recovery from alcoholism. And so I, I went to OA to start finding out what are those triggers? What is the commonality? What is it beyond? Why would I carry this with me? What was it about my sickness that caused me to continue to throw up even though the other things had dropped off, the gambling, the pornography, the drugs obviously um, had had dropped off, but that bulimia stuck with me. So I had to learn more about that from a social and physical dynamic that would help me uh, stop that behavior moving forward. The whole point being, I became responsible. And I bring all this up because Jonathan Barker, my web administrator extraordinaire, who's so helpful in so many areas, encouraged me to write a, you know, like a 2,500 word uh, document or post that we put on Reddit regarding my journey in recovery, my 35 years, you know, if you could ever encapsulate that. So I did the best I could and I, and I wrote that. And if you go to Reddit and look for the recovery guy, you'll, you'll find it there. Anyway, I, I wrote this and for the most part, people are agreeing, but there's a, there's a group that have become a consistent message because in the, in the post, I talk about being responsible. I'm a born-again Christian, as most of you know, so I have a very specific approach to my spiritual way of living, although that's not how I was when I first came to AA. You know, if you told me that I had to believe in a particular thing 
a particular way, I'd have gone the other way. I'd have half-stepped and half-measured this thing even more so than I did, and it probably would have resulted in my demise. But what you told me was I could have a, uh, a spiritual awakening that was tailored to me, that it could be God of my own understanding, a power greater than myself that made sense to me, which I was able to relate to because it gave me a spiritual approach in a relationship goal while it gave me the flexibility of believing in something that made sense to me, as I previously stated. I further believe, if you listen to me enough, I believe AA works, I mean, it worked for me and it worked for countless other people. NA works, OA works, GA works. But I also believe there's other spiritual avenues. And it doesn't matter to me if you are Muslim, if you are a Jew, if you're LDS, I live in Salt Lake City, so it's like the Vatican, right, for LDS religion. Uh, if you're a Catholic, if you are a fundamental Baptist, which I used to be, if you are Celebrate Recovery, it really doesn't matter to me if you're the Buddhist network, if you believe in more of an altruistic or the secret approach, you know, that universal uh, mentality and approach, it doesn't matter. You know, AA is not for everyone. NA is not for everyone. And I make that very clear. And I was getting back responses where people were rejecting or not reading that and saying, well, AA doesn't work and, and, and it's a religious program and so on. And, and the bottom line is this. AA doesn't work for everyone. Religion doesn't work for everyone. But something has to work for you. Responsible is a word that only responsible people want to accept. You know what I'm saying? I know that that really sounds simplistic in its presentation to you. And it was meant to be. I don't want to complicate this. You know, one of the things that, that my dear sponsor, uh, resting in sobriety heaven for the last two plus years, he would always say, Bob, keep it simple, right? That, I, 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 could, I could etch that in stone. I could pretty much tell you what he was going to say to me after we got done talking. He would always end our conversations with, Bob, keep it simple. And because he know, you know, I, you know, you, you ask me what time it is and I just might tell you how to build a watch, right? And, and matter of fact, maybe you've heard this. I, I know I've said it before in recovery and you'll find this in almost all recovery. You may have heard or, and or repeated where someone would say the program of recovery is a simple program for complicated people. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that said and, and, and thought, wow, you know, maybe it is, right? It's a simple program for, for complicated people. No, 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 no. My ego wants to think I'm complicated, right? My denial wants me to think it's complicated because if it's complicated, maybe it'll take me a minute to figure it out. 
maybe I'm complicated in a way that this won't work, which gives me just one more excuse or reason, more of an excuse, as to why this isn't going to work for me and I can stay in my denial and stay sick. The reality is, and this makes more sense, are you ready for this? It is a simple program for simple people who love to complicate things. Isn't that more true? When we look at it, it is a simple program. And we are, I am a simple people. I just love to complicate things, right? And that's more true because it is not a simple program for complicated people. If it were true, I would have never got this. So as, as soon as I learned how to keep it simple, sweetheart, the KISS system, the better off I was. And I learned to take things at face value and, and stop reading in between the lines when there was nothing there. Those who are irresponsible have made an active choice to not accept what their role is in the things that occur to them. One of the things that I stated, and I stand behind this and I make no apologies for this whatsoever, because the overwhelming exception, and I've worked in co-occurring disorders, I remember giving individuals their meds who were schizo, who were, who were, uh, who had psychiatric condition, diagnosed psychiatric conditions, bipolar, manics, you name it. We had them in the treatment center when I worked at uh, uh, River Community. And, and I remember they were smart enough. These individuals who had these addictions, they knew that this medication was going to balance them for the most part. And I'm not diminishing their diagnosis because some of these some of these participants in our program really suffered and my heart went out to them. I I understood empathy to a whole nother level. But they knew to cheat the medication. And and we had to watch them take their meds every night. We couldn't just give it to them. They had to come into our office and we would we would hand them their meds and we would watch them take their meds. And we would know in, in a day or two, if they were not, if they were cheeking them and they just got to be more clever than we could find them out um, because of how they would be reacting erratically and so on and acting out in group. So we knew that they weren't taking their meds. They would be, even, even those individuals, they knew enough, those with mental disorders knew enough to make an active decision as to why they would not participate in their recovery. And that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you don't recover, it's because you have made an active choice to not do it. Period. And if you have a problem with that, oh well. I have found that in areas that I don't progress or don't seek wellness, whether it's in relationships or my addiction or the attributes of the addiction, not just drinking or not using or throwing up or what have you, but the little things that I, that I 
forget along the way. That's why we have steps. That's why we even have a 10th step, right? Continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admit it. That's even for those of us who do recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. After step nine, it says, for by this time, sanity will have been restored, right? If I work this program, especially in the beginning. So I will, I will drive a stake down on the fact that if you're not well, it's because you've chosen not to be. Now, if you happen to be someone who's clinically diagnosed that small, small percentage of the population of addiction, right? I know that there are some people, but that's not who's responding to me. That's not who is rejecting my statement of responsibility because they're far too articulate in stating their case as to why it's not true for them, right? And my whole point is, well, let me just say more specifically in addiction, because that's what we're talking about here. The individual who is addicted is the person responsible for their addiction, period. And until I'm willing to realize I am my own worst enemy, I will not recover. That's true. I Again, I, I make no apologies and I back, I do not back away from that statement. Look at your own life. Examine your own life. I have to become honest, open-minded, and willing. If I am not those things, then why? And because here's the whole point. If it's, we know that it's not family members. Like, again, again, if you listen to me enough, you know my story, you know that I abandoned my children. I had an amazingly caring wife. I had supportive family members who loved me and who cared for me. I had employers who would even offer to take me to treatment. I rejected, I denied, I minimized any concern that they had. At the end of the day, if it's not my responsibility, then whose is it? If it's not the wife, if it's not the kids, right? We know that it's not, right? Zig Ziglar, and I, once again, I've said this before, I repeat myself to the point where I tell you I repeat myself. Zig Ziglar in his goals class talked about finances and money and and, and and making steps in life. I think it might have even been in CU at the top. Anyway, Zig Ziglar said, if you are born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, it is your fault or responsibility. And I took that and I thought, wow, how could I, how could I make that into a recovery statement? And here's what I did, because again, if you know anything about me, you know, my father was alcoholic. My mom was codependent. I grew up with not very much money. In many cases, we were poor, not like, not like poor, like in India, right? And in, in other underdeveloped countries where they really understand poverty. I mean, we had running water. We had one bathroom. We, we ate. Um, but for the most part, we were poor. From American standards, we were poor because alcohol was predominant in my household. I was the middle of seven children. There was chaos. It was it was chaos at the OK Corral. So I grew up 
really predisposed. And if you know anything about social dynamics and hereditary factors and chromosomes in men who, who have uh, male sons, right? Um, if you understand all of the social and medical dynamics, I stood the risk of being seven times more likely to become alcoholic than a person who did not grow up in those medical or social dynamics. So that wasn't my fault, right? I was just sort of born into this family. I can't take responsibility for that. However, if I die addicted to substance abuse, that is my fault. Because at some point, it wasn't about my mom and dad anymore. At some point, it wasn't about I was the middle of seven children. At some point, I mean, at what point do we stop blaming others and taking responsibility for ourselves? At some point, we have to look in the mirror, right? Nietzsche, I believe, said, we, we, we stare into the abyss and it stares back. Well, the abyss stared back at me and revealed to me that it was me. If without that acceptance of being responsible, if I do have a period of sobriety, more often than not, it's going to be shallow and short-lived. That has been my experience. If, if you can disagree, and if, and if you'd like to, right, are you ready for this? It's likely going to mean you're not being responsible. Responsible, as Stephen Covey would break it down, would be response-able. And response is taking ownership. It's not reacting, it's responding, which has a degree of ownership. And I am able to do that today. I am response-able. I am willing to take responsibility for my addiction. I remember driving around with my mom. And this was after my dad passed away. No, actually it was before. I need to remember this. I, Cause I think it was about nine months sober. And yeah, it was, be, it was, it was before my dad passed. He passed at about two and a half years of recovery, August uh, 1st of uh, uh, 1988. Anyway, so I'm driving around with my mom and and I think it's taken her to the bank or something like that. And so we were chatting about my recovery and so on. And my mom said, Bobby, because my mom, like major codependent, right? If if we'd have known of Al-Anon, she'd have been a charter member of Al-Anon. Uh, God rest her soul. My mom passed away uh, a couple of years ago now, and I still miss her. Uh, anyway, uh, so so my uh, my mom said, Bobby, I'm so sorry we did this to you. And my mom really meant it. Bobby, I'm so sorry we did this to you. And I and I looked at my mom and I said, Mom, I don't remember you and dad. My dad was sober by this time. Um, I don't remember you and dad holding me down and forcing me to drink and make me do drugs. And I said it to her seriously. And she was like appalled. And she said, Bobby, we would never do that to you. And I said, exactly, mom, you didn't do this to me. I did this to me. 
And the sooner I can take responsibility, mom, for what I did, the more I am able to get well. And my mom started to cry because she loved me so much. But I had to take a stand for being responsible. You know, I learned early on, you know, a, a dear friend of mine told me, you know, your mom and dad, as he was hearing my story, he said, you know, the likelihood is they did a terrible job. But here's what is more likely. They did the best job that they could do given the tools that they were given. And at the end of the day, when we strip everything down, when everything is set aside and it's not them and it's not her and it's not it and it's not that, it's not the person, it's not the place, it's not the thing. The only thing left standing is me. And if nothing else is responsible but me and I don't take responsibility, guess what? I'm going to die. So I am responsible. I'm responsible for my addiction and I'm responsible for my recovery. Now, the great thing about that is once I claim that responsibility, once I enter into step one, and I admit I am powerless over alcohol or lust or drugs or what have you, food, gambling, and understand that my, my life had become unmanageable at that point, at that point of saying I am responsible now. The other attributes of recovery can take place. And again, I don't care what plan of recovery you're in. Just work it. Because one of the other things that I said is if you accept responsibility and you work whatever program you're working to 100% of your ability, you will get well. Folks, again, I've been at this 35 years. I know far too many people whether it's Chaz or Tess or Angie or Wendy or Alan or Justin, the list goes on and on and on. People who have come after me, Chris T, right? Mary, Debbie, Scotty B with 14 years. There's far too many people out there. My good friend Spo, right? Anthony. There's far too many people out there who have been doing this to think that it doesn't work when you work it. But the first thing we have to become is response-able. So if you're a naysayer, if you don't think that you're responsible, it's only because you are being irresponsible and you will never get well. Just as much as I am convinced that once I am responsible, it opens the door to recovery for me. Once I accept that, once I embrace that, once I say, you know what? It is me. I am responsible. I will take responsibility. And it doesn't mean that other things or people or circumstances haven't contributed but they're not the root cause, right? The hijack phrase from the admiral 
who defeated the British Navy in one of the Great Lakes back centuries ago, says we have we have met the enemy and he is ours. Uh, Earth Day, the Greenpeace people, they they hijacked that and they made that phrase, we have met the enemy and it is us, right? Which is essentially true. I know who the enemy is and it's my ego. It's my denial. It's my need to minimize or rationalize why I'm not taking responsibility for the things that can get fixed in me. Because until I admit I am responsible, then I'm not going to do the rest of the steps. Again, this is regardless of the program you're involved with. So as I close today, I stand on the statement with humility and gratitude that if you don't get well, you know you don't have to look any farther than your mirror to see what the real problem is. Because as soon as you and I take responsibility for our behavioral addiction or illness, we will not get well. But when we do, it opens up the door for maybe thinking something else could work. And then at the end of that, it's a matter of me applying those principles to what can and will work. Hey, thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you for your contribution. Hey, just so you know, I revamped. I made it a little bit more palatable to some people. At Patreon, there are now $3, $6, and $10 levels. So go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy. Or if you want to give a one-time gift, just go to Venmo at Robert hyphen pardon hyphen three for your one-time donation everything that we bring in goes back to into recovery guy and our mission go to recoveryguy.org go to your favorite podcast channel for the recovery guy podcast go to recovery underscore guy on instagram the recovery guy on uh on facebook find me on reddit let me know what i can do for you to enhance your personal recovery and if you're looking for a sober coach or a mentor, let me know what that looks like and we'll have that conversation. You'll find my 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 rates very reasonable and we spend time on Zoom together. We can spend a weekly, uh, bi-monthly, uh, bi what have you. We will make something work for you. If there's anything that I can do to assist you along your way, let me know what that looks like. And above all, remember, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.